Welcome to Hakol Radio's Top 3 segment, where we discuss the top three news stories of the day. Hakol Radio, powered by the Muncie Mavasser and broadcasting live from Schlerko Studios in Muncie, New York. Number 1. The International Court of Justice announced that it will issue its decision on Friday, January 26th, regarding whether to implement provisional measures to temporarily halt Israel's military campaign in Gaza. The Israeli military has ruled out the possibility that an Israeli aerial or artillery strike hit a UN facility in Gaza's Khan Yunus neighborhood, where hundreds of displaced persons were sheltered. The IDF, after examining operational systems, stated that the incident is not a result of their strike. A thorough review of forces operations in the vicinity is ongoing and the IDF is considering the possibility that the strike was a result of Hamas fire. The White House expressed being gravely concerned about the strike on the UN facility in Gaza, acknowledging the loss of innocent lives as a tragedy. Qatar expressed its appall over leaked remarks from Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu where he criticized the country's mediation efforts with Hamas. This has complicated the ongoing negotiations aimed at halting hostilities in exchange for a hostage release. Netanyahu, during a meeting with families of hostages held by Hamas, referred to Qatar's role in the mediation as, quote, problematic. Qatar, a key mediator with strong ties to the militant group and hosting some of its exiled leaders, deemed Netanyahu's comments, quote, irresponsible and destructive. This public disagreement unfolded as delicate talks were in progress to advance a potential agreement to bring relief to the three-month-old war. Adding to the accusations, Finance Minister Betzal Smotrich of Israel claimed that Qatar is cooperating with Hamas to use hostages kidnapped from Israel as leverage to halt the conflict, ultimately preserving Hamas's rule in the coastal enclave. He alleged that Qatar not only encourages terrorism but also provides financial support to terrorist activities, accusing the Gulf state of playing a double game. Israeli Defense Minister Yoav Gallant attributed the failure of a hostage deal to the hardline stance of Hamas's leadership abroad. According to Khan News, the terror group rejected the latest Israeli initiative. Gallant criticized those Hamas officials negotiating from abroad, particularly highlighting the disconnect of individuals in luxury planes and hotels, emphasizing that those suffering in Gaza are not portrayed as heroes. He noted that many in Gaza are inclined to cease fighting. In front of Al-Aqsa Martyrs Hospital in central Gaza's Deir al-Bala, on Wednesday, January 24th, numerous displaced women and children gathered, raising their hands and chanting for a ceasefire. The demonstrators carried posters addressing both Israel and Hamas with messages such as Stop the war and release prisoners now, referring to the Israeli hostages. The state attorney has granted National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gavir's request to withhold information about Hamas's terrorists who have been arrested in Gaza and are currently detained in Israeli jails from the International Committee of the Red Cross, the ICRC. Israel is looking to address a major labor shortage abruptly worsening by the conflict with Hamas by recruiting tens of thousands of Indians at a time when Palestinians who had long played a crucial role in Israeli construction and other sectors are being barred from the country. Israeli authorities say they are hoping to see 10,000 to 20,000 Indian migrant workers in the coming months. That would be equal to the total number of foreign workers that entered the country through bilateral agreements in 2021, according to Israel's Center for International Migration and Integration. Number 2 
Last year, New York City appears to have been defrauded of over $100 million by drivers who illicitly altered their license plates to evade speed cameras. This is coming according to a recent audit released by City Comptroller Brad Lander. The audit determined that speed cameras seemed effective in reducing speeding and collisions in their vicinity. However, when the Comptroller's office assessed the performance of the camera operation tr contractor, Vero Mobility, it found that the company rejected over 11% of speeding events as invalid without issuing tickets. The reasons for rejection were not disclosed to the city's Department of Transportation. In the first half of 2023, Vera's rejections led to a city loss of up to $54 million, with the data indicating an upward trend in the latter half of the year. Based on this trend, a, quote, conservative estimate places the city's revenue losses at $108 million for 2023. Lander emphasized the positive impact of speed cameras on reducing speeding, preventing crashes, and saving lives. However, he expressed concern about a growing number of drivers resorting to illegal methods such as obscuring license plates to avoid detection. Such actions not only jeopardize the safety of neighbors, but also results in the city losing $100 million annually. The report highlighted a drastic increase of over 5,000% in the number of speeding incidents rejected by Vera due to missing or obscured plates since 2019. In the first half of 2023, 22% of all speeding incidents were rejected because of ghost plates, affecting over 1 million drivers near cameras. Certain cameras exhibited exceptionally high rejection rates, with one Queen's camera rejecting 98% of recording speeding incidents, and another in Brooklyn having a rejection rate of 92%, according to the Comptroller's Office Study from December 2022. Number three. Amid a surge in migrant encounters, Congress has allocated a staggering $20 billion over the past two fiscal years for, quote, refugee and entrant assistance, according to findings by Adam Andrzejewski of the Open Books Foundation. The funds channeled through the Office of Refugee Resettlement, the ORR, under the Health and Human Services Division, have been scrutinized to unveil the financial support directed towards migrant services. The investigative report revealed an escalation in costs from $8.925 billion in fiscal year 2022 to $10.928 billion in fiscal year 2023 for refugee and entrant assistance. In fiscal year 2022, the Administration of Children and Families, ORR's parent agency, received $2.94 billion for Afghanistan Supplement Appropriation, along with additional supplementals. Ukrainian refugees incurred costs of $900 million in fiscal year 2022 and $1.775 billion in fiscal year 2023 for taxpayers. The agency has outlined in its congressional budget justification proposed an extension of services to a broader applicant pool. This includes allowing migrant minors in the, in the unaccompanied minor program to avail themselves of benefits akin to refugees, such as Medicaid and foster care services. Moreover, it advocated for increased funding for legal assistance for Ukrainian and Afghan children seeking permanent residency cash assistance for full-time college or technical school students, as well as eliminating the requirement for refugees to achieve economic self-sufficiency promptly. Furthermore, the financial support from the United States to Ukraine has depleted, leaving the government in Kiev without the necessary ammunition and missiles to counter Russia's invasion. The Biden administration facing challenges in domestic politics attended the monthly meeting of a group comprising around 50 nations coordinating aid for Ukraine without any tangible assistance. 
Established by Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin in April 2022, the group aims to support Ukraine's defense efforts. While awaiting congressional approval for additional funds for Ukraine, the Biden administration is seeking support from allies to bridge the existing financial gap. In his opening remarks, Defense Secretary Austin, recovering from prostate cancer surgery, urged the group to contribute more ground-based air defense systems and interceptors to Ukraine. The call for assistance is crucial as reports from Ukraine's Ministry of Defense indicate a shortage of ammunition on the front lines. As Congress deliberates on funding for Ukraine, European allies are taking pro pro proactive measures to assist. NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg announced a joint contract worth $1.2 billion for the purchase of over 222,000 rounds of 155mm ammunition in Brussels. This contract aims to replenish allies' reserves and support Ukraine's defense efforts. While the conflict between Israel and Hamas has dominated recent headlines, Russia's aggression against Ukraine persists. Russia launched a, a barrage of over 40 ballistic cruise anti-aircraft and guided missiles into Ukraine's major cities on Tuesday, January 23rd, resulting in damaging casualties. Despite Ukraine intercepting some missiles, the attacks caused injuries in Kiev. Thanks for tuning in to the Top 3 segment live on Hako Radio and have a great day.